You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back, everybody. This is Love of Pages, and for our second episode of Down Days, or Down Days, hopefully the Down Days, colon, a novel. (laughs) Apparently, that's how it has to be searched in (laughs) bookstores. I am, yes, still a little bitter, but that's fine. (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) I'm Elizabeth, and I am joined with Jessica. And Steven? That's me. And we are off to the races on our wonderful virtual book club because, yay, pandemic. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, I'm going to take the opportunity while you're still listening to plug Jessica's and my new podcast. Um, Today we're recording this episode. You're not going to get it for a couple weeks, but we are recording on the centennial amendment and jessica and i have just launched a new podcast the united states of women so (laughs) so, if you haven't caught up on that one yet go give it a listen it's a lot of fun it is but to open our book club as per usual we start with our drinks so jessica what are we drinking tonight we're drinking beer (laughs) <laughs> I just kept it simple again. <laughs> I'm hoping Stephen got root beer, but I'm gonna guess he's just gonna Mountain Dew. I no, I wanted to have a root beer. I went to the store, and all of the root beers they had that were in bottles were just like all trash root beers. So oh. I just decided I live in Arizona, so I'm going to drink water. I mean, that's why. I want to remind everyone out there: water is important. <laughs> Yes, I also I do also have my water with all my stickers on it, so <laughs> I do. I have finished five seconds of my water quota for the day, so the rest of the water will be post haste. Um, <laughs> post beer. So, Jessica, what beer are you drinking? Uh, this is Guinness. It's one of my favorite of the darker beers. Just dive. I don't know if it's the Irish blood in me, but I like a good Guinness. <laughs> I like it. And I'm drinking Prankster with a Q from the North. Coast Brewing Company out of California. Prankster with um, a Q. Prankster with a Q. <laughs> Prankster. 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 <laughs> a courtesy of my grandmother who turned me on to the to this particular beer. Ooh. I mean, so, so are you guys beer people? I'm curious. Yes. No, I am good beer people. Yeah. <laughs> I am very picky about beer, and no, I, I know that makes me a sub, um, and I'm okay with that. If there isn't my particular preferred beers and there is something else to drink, I will almost always go for something else other than beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was so, gonna ask for like what like the your guys' deep dives on these particular beers if you were beer people. But I guess there might be people in the crowd who would immediately turn this off if they weren't beer people. So I guess maybe that's good. This is fair. Although we could do a separate one just just can I because we were supposed to do one or I think we're gonna do one for red wines. Yeah. Lots of red wines. I don't know yeah, one more. We still have yet to do, even though we drank red wine like five weeks ago. But like <laughs> things have gotten busy <laughs> we also drank wine like five hours ago okay not five hours ago but like so two hours ago as did I it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. I, look forward to, okay. I look forward to the next podcast you guys launch United Drinks of Women it'll be fantastic <laughs> I mean we do drink pretty much consistently throughout our new podcast <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I, we finished off a couple yes. bottles of white wine for the first three episodes, and then a bottle of Prosecco and some other stuff for the second episode, the second round of recordings. Yeah, that's a smart idea. 
it's fun to drink with your friends. Anyway. I feel like if Elizabeth, it's it's fun to make your friends drink. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Jessica gets nice and fun and chatty when she's drinking. (laughs) I have no idea what you're trying to say. I have never tried to coax you into drinking more than you should. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I uh-uh. never. Yeah, here's the thing. She can try though, but always know when to set your limits. And when you set your limits for the night, don't go ever past them. And I'm really good at that. So once I say, "Hey, I'm not going past three drinks tonight," that's it. No matter what Elizabeth says. The real trick is to talk to her before she set her limits. <laughs> <laughs> for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> but do always do so safely and responsibly. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Shall we jump into the book? Because I think our footnote's going to go after yeah. our book this week. Yes? Maybe? Yeah, she's a, she's a yeah, so. Okay. Yes, uh, go yeah. Um. <laughs> but So... I did my character chart. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the, the the character chart that was mentioned before that had yet to yet to be built at the time. That I do want to point out to anyone who's watching the visual podcast on YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. youtubecom slash Uh yeah. It's pretty much in the colors of the cover of the book, but she, she said it wasn't intentional. So I just want to say to whoever designed the cover of the book, way to go! Your branding is strong. The branding is <laughs> strong. Yeah, no, I, it's. It's in my multi-colors pen. It's got blue in it. It does. Yeah. So making all of the connections, because I really was like, particularly in the second section, I don't know how everybody else was feeling, but like things, we added more characters Mm -hmm. for one, Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's what this book needed was more (laughs) characters, (laughs) more storylines. But we added more characters, and then they all kind of started to jumble themselves up. Mm-hmm. It did also, in this section, it stayed with Faith and Sans for most of it, it seemed mm-hmm. like. You were mainly in Faith or Sans' point of view. I think that also helped how they bounce off of each other. And it's also easy to notice when they are running into each other and how it's... Like, I'm getting the flow of it now. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it now. It is an interesting one. I didn't expect the Mickey Mouse character to come back around besides the one mention they had of them early on. Yeah, I know. I mean, and he's mentioned, and he's significant enough that he ended up on my chart. Mm-hmm. There, are some, there are some characters that just didn't end up on my chart. The, the random um, parking lot guy who tomorrow uses as a stand-in father didn't make it on my chart. Yeah. Was, yeah. Do you guys notice Yamis came back in this one? Yamis Yamis came back. Yeah. He also made my chart. (laughs) Yamis. Hyena Hyena guy and Yamis, which there was a name for Hyena guy in this one, and I still do not remember it. I think, believe that's him. Yeah. I thought Yamis was the hyena. hyena. They literally share a name. What? What? Yeah. (laughs) Is that what? I have to pay more attention because I, I did not know that. With an a. I swore I saw an A name, like Abel or something like that. I don't know. Oh, man. I, there's a lot of I, I, I remember the guy having that name. If that is the case, I mean, way to go, Ilza Hugo, for just cutting out the middle, man. They're both Yamas. <laughs> if that did happen. Well, because that's what Faith says, and she points to both of them when she introduces Sans to them. Yeah. Yamas. <laughs> He's Yamas. Yamas. He cuts the and points to the dude. So I'm like, I assume they share the same name. <laughs> Call us Legion, for we are many. <laughs> but so, okay, so we left off last time. Sans had just had his, like, chasing his unicorn mental breakdown where he sees a girl lying with flowers growing out of her eyes, which was really kind of creepy. <laughs> and then Faith ends up dealing with the um foodists, which yeah. I was anyway, we didn't talk about it much last time, but I have a problem with foodists. Anyway. What t- t- tell me t- tell us your foodist thing. I'm so curious. Well 
I love I I love food and my weight would tell you so. But <laughs> I'm there with you on this one. <laughs> but and I and I understand the concept of eating right and eating healthy and all that good stuff. Doing so to the point of starvation, particularly doing so with children, mm-hmm. really bothers me. Yeah, no, it's fucked so up. I, I have do that. I have a real problem with people restricting children's diets in that kind of extreme sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter, but forcing upon them any form of dietary, true dietary restrictions. I mean, I get it. You don't want to let your kid eat candy for every meal, like. Got it. Yeah. That's fine. But, you know, oh, they're not permitted to have any carbs or anything that's processed or anything that, you know, yeah. nothing with lactose in it. I mean, unless they've got an allergy, stop doing that to your children. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, much less like their crazy situation that's going on here. That's like yeah. that mirrors some real world stuff where it's like we just meditate and we drink this like thin broth once every three days. Like yeah. that. That stuff happens. No, exactly. Exactly. But I'm just like, I'm like, if you're in a situation where food is scarce, feed your children whatever you can find because your children need food. Like, feed them. Yeah. There's a reason why these foods exist. And, you know, USDA has very specific guidelines for developmental reasons, too. Mm -hmm. Like, and milk is a big part of it at least some sort of milk or dairy is a big part of it unless you have allergy due to reasons and carbs are also a big part of it due to reasons like kids burn off energy energy needs carbohydrates like yeah it's just it's just how it is (laughs) but in any case that's my soapbox and quite honestly i feel that way with a lot of these um religious sects in these in this book Mm -hmm. And I get where she's going at, and I appreciate where she's coming from because that is very real. Yeah, people face, you know, like anti-vaxxers. So many different things are mirrored in these weird cult things. Yeah, exactly. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I do believe John Camarena from the Geeks Watch listens to this podcast. I'm going to tell him right now, John. You are not permitted to read this book. <laughs> not for you. Is, we should have set it up front. This is the second. This is the second I part. I know. I know. We may have to. Go yeah, back. but now we know we really shouldn't. <laughs> we may have to go back and edit. I. I wasn't quite like the first third of this book didn't have quite the the issues. Like, <laughs> is, like, is it because of the similarities to like real world things, or no, it's because conspiracy theories are real in this book and. Mm-hmm. John John can't handle that. John can't handle the spiral of conspiracy theories actually being <laughs> real. Which there was like a line in which it was like everything is truth or something, and all I could think of was the Assassin's Creed thing, which is just like everything is no nothing is true, but everything is permitted or something like that. Like it just reminded me of a video game like thing no. that said. <laughs> I don't remember the phrase. I, I played the Assassin's Creed for like seven minutes. Yeah, it's it's like nothing is true, everything is permitted. That's mm. that's the first law of Assassin's Creed, which they kind of go away from that shit after like the second game, whatever. I believe. <laughs> yeah, the second and third game or whatever. But it got it's 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 a very good game franchise. If you if you play video games and you like video games and you like history and you like assassinating people, Assassin's Creed is great. All of them are really great. I highly recommend them. They're like my top games. And, yeah, I'm very excited for Valhalla coming out in November. I'm like, I hope it's good. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay sorry. The book. Well, we will give John a fair warning individually that he's not permitted to read this book. But if you, our dear listeners, are particularly susceptible to conspiracy theories, here's your trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, be warned. Be real. <laughs> so we open up in this section. And Sans and Faith, who apparently know each other, finally come together really um, mm-hmm. for the first time and have an interaction. Yeah. And at least I get the developmental feeling that they are our two main protagonists. Like, they're our two main characters. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, they're they're like the the six degrees, degrees of separation for everything else. Yeah. All roads lead to them. 
Yeah. Exactly. So Sands has been, you know, trying to hunt down his unicorn, which he took a picture of off a painting in a diner, which was, I think, my first clue, like, um, something's not right. Yeah. No. <laughs> imagine imagine it's more than just a yeah, There's something here. Like, imagine, like, so for this one, let's let's say it was John. Because we've already brought him up. And John's yeah. just like, yeah, no, I met this beautiful girl. And I mean, like, her hair was fantastic. But like, I saw this picture of this lady who's from like a long time ago. I don't, I th- I'm pretty sure it's her. We'd, we would try to have an intervention of some sort. We would call some <laughs> service hotline. Oh, you cray. <laughs> but like, Sans doesn't have those kinds of friends, I don't think. No. I, I do not get that impression. Um. And so he's then asking uh, the group, including Faith, that he's playing cards with just on the street, who can he go to to like, who can his friend, I I do love this, who can his friend go to if he's having issues and maybe hallucinating? Like, which is... Nobody thought for an instant that it was anyone but him. Exactly. I mean, even Fred, you have no friends. Yeah, like, come on, bro. <laughs> and so Faith sends him to Fred, who's our first new character in this section, mm-hmm. and he made my chart. Yeah. And Fred, like Fred is the sin eater. The most interesting like concept Fred. in the entire book for me. There are so sin many eater. things that are cool, but it's like, it's too weird of a thing to have not have some basis in reality. Oh, I've it never does. looked up if it, if it is. It, it it does. Oh, it does. Okay, perfect. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there, there are actual sin eaters. Yes, there's okay. an actual thing. Yeah, no, no, no. That is that is one hundred percent based in reality. There are people. Who, there are families who have been sin eaters for centuries. It was a heavily common practice in the Middle Ages and the late Dark Ages. It is, yeah, no, it is very heavily based in reality. What a great grift. Like, honestly, just think about that one. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like that might have been one of, like, I I don't know if I can say for Ilze, Ilze? How do you say your name? Ilza? Ilza? I I don't know, but I feel like if I, like, caught an article on scene eating, like, that would have sparked a whole novel idea, too. And I'm wondering if that was one of her sparks for this idea, because... I love like sin eating. I always forget about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's such a cool form of like ritual. <laughs> mm. She does post a lot of open culture kind of articles. She's def- very much definitely mining reality for interesting bits. Well, which is probably why she hit so many of these pandemic things so spot on the nose that oh, it, yeah. it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> but in any case, we then move into so Faith sends Sans off to go find the sin eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred, and she goes to find Lawyer, who, although he is a journalist, is also making money on the side. Beat up dressed as the Easter Bunny? Getting beat yeah. up. <laughs> in, in those clubs. Would, uh, speaking as a person who knows people who work as like uh, MMJs, multimedia journalists and stuff, that sounds about right. <laughs> Like, honestly. So, well, the really interesting part of their interaction is we discover something called the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we learn know. about it later on. But I do find it funny that the first time we hear about the library is the fact that Faith has been kicked out of the library <laughs> and is not welcome back. <laughs> Which we was like, oh, my God, what do you do to get kicked out of a library? <laughs> like, I'm like, but it's a library. <laughs> what do you... Did you tell somebody about the library? You weren't supposed to. Like, I get that there are secret libraries, but like. First rule of library is don't talk about library. <laughs> like, what is this? So, in any case, she tries to talk him into getting her back into the library. Yeah. And eventually he decides he'll do what he can. So, we we just kind of flip back and forth. So, I'm just going to kind of. Move it along. Somebody stop me when something really struck them. I'm going to stop every time there was something that I was obsessive about. So Sands goes to find Fred 
and has a conversation with Fred, who has this line of people that are there to see him in front yeah. of the pre-quarantining quarantine place, mm-hmm. which was... I. I did have to reread this section a few times to figure out how this process worked. Like how do you, what stage are we at at this point? Mm-hmm. So he goes with Fred to watch Fred do some sin eating mm-hmm. because he's like, you're not going to believe me or how this works if I just tell you. So I'm just going to take you with me. Which I don't think happens a lot. I, I definitely think Fred right? felt some some certain connection or some such thing there. Yeah. I think there is something about sounds that Fred's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. You're worth it. Well, I think their conversation later on, we'll skip over where faith is going to the library real quick. So once they do the sin eating, Fred sits down with him and has a conversation and basically says, I think you might be related to Nostradamus. like, <laughs> <laughs> Because what you are hallucinating is actually somebody from the past who was also dying during a pandemic, but the disease didn't kill her. It just caused her to see into the future, and it's causing you to see into the past. Yeah. I still don't understand the hallucination with the flowers growing out of the eyes. That still doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Purely coincidental. Entirely unrelated. Just a drug user. But so Fred looks at Sans and hands him a thermometer, I guess. It took me a while to figure out what on earth was because like at first I was like, is he passing needles around? I don't know. I was like, oh. I was like this seems really and then it was like, oh no, it's a thermometer. And I'm like, I guess it would be like super sketchy to have a thermometer when the entire city is, you know massive thermometers on. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. The true math hysteria, you know, everybody convinced that everybody else is catching the disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like like going to like stifle a cough or like stop a laugh. I, any of those things, like, <laughs> why do you need the thermometer? Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so Sans goes into the bathroom and takes his temperature and realizes he has a fever. So clearly he must have laughter. Like, he couldn't possibly have the Just flu. Me. Or, oh, or yeah. any other virus. A fever from stress. <laughs> yeah, literally anything else. Poor <laughs> environmental conditions, poor, you know, <laughs> dietary habits. And the fact that his next door neighbor had just been toted away after his wife was claiming that he had the flu. So clearly, <laughs> this is the case. He's got the joke. He's so. Got the joke. Continuing on in the, into this evening real quick with just Sans and Fred. Fred then takes him to somebody who can help. And they end up having to climb into the not sewer. But the covered stream that, mm, I don't know, brought typhoid and... The plague and well, <laughs> I mean, that is what happens in most major cities is they cover up their streams, and those streams are still there, and those streams are not getting what they need and the filtration that they need, and so they're just a collection of diseases. Yeah, which is why I'm like, I'm like, this this doesn't make me feel any better. That actually makes me feel worse. Like <laughs> urine's relative. Like unless somebody is sick, like you're insanitary. Like <laughs> whereas I want to put it out there. You're like for us. We're in Arizona. We're pretty safe from there being streams that were uncovered. This yeah. is true. <laughs> we 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 have seen visually all of the water in the area. But in any case, they get to Fred's cousin, who turns out to be Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. the guy with the hookup. I now, have you guys been to Eighth Street in Yuma, Arizona? Corona tacos. Yes. Yeah. You just you buy like they open up the freezer and they have <laughs> all of the like two dollar DVDs that are movies that are still in theaters and whatnot. That's all I thought of the whole time. <laughs> it, it's just that person, but with a way better hookup in this in this world that's so enclosed in the city. They'd have like MP3 players preloaded with music, whatever things you need. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah, it's I, I 
do like that this guy has a hookup within the military's <laughs> internet. Mm-hmm. And just I just asked this guy for a hookup. <laughs> I mean, that would be the best thing in the world. I can't right. even imagine. Dude. <laughs> so what Sans needs is a VIP card because apparently the rich and fancy don't want to have to deal with getting checked once a week. So they have special cards that just make them get checked once a month. And I I do think that would happen. If you really think about it, they would pay for a thing where like if like it would be like pre-check. Yeah. Pre-check. That's all it is. They they like you you say I don't leave the house this much anyway I only come into contact with these three people like I don't have to get checked that often because of this but it costs them a little bit of money and they help add money into the infrastructure of the city it would happen yeah it would yeah it would absolutely happen and it would definitely be exploited mm-hmm. so that's completely one hundred percent accurate but Mickey Mouse is apparently a retired sin eater. And he sees ghosts, somebody, apparitions. He sees things that where we find we find that Fred basically like he he can like catch like static on the antenna sometimes. Where Mm -hmm. Mickey Mouse is like he's like picking out fine details in an episode of a TV show. Yeah. So Mickey Mouse sees that Sans has. A passenger is what they refer to him, refer to the person as, mm-hmm. and makes them leave because he's too freaked out. He just can't deal with it. But he'll get them the card later. So, flashing back to Faith, because we're still in Wednesday, and then we'll have to get to Thursday. But <laughs> a lot of stuff happens on Wednesday. <laughs> all this, yeah, all of this happens. On, they they are busy people. Okay, they are busy people <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. Which I don't understand. Actually, I do understand. But still. (laughs) So, Faith gets a library card. She goes Mm -hmm. to a bar, pays $50, gets her library card back. Turns out this library is underneath the bar in a out-of-order bathroom stall with fancy key slots. Because that makes sense, but that's okay. That that works. It's a secret library. It's a secret, secret library. library. And she goes down, and the librarian hates her. Well. <laughs> yeah. The librarian hates her. And wags his finger and is like, I don't like you, but I like lawyer, so I'm doing this. I, I, I would not like lawyer. Would you guys like lawyer? I don't think he's like a, a flat out like like a jerk or a bad person, but he feels real Joe Rogany and where he's like, he's like, I'm not saying that this, like this, like alt-right person that I have on my show, I agree with them, but I'm not going to stifle their voice either. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't be. The you would not be for. a member of the library. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to consort with the doo-doo people. Yeah. You would pull a faith and be like, no, this is what happened. The lead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's their truth. Which it's it's it is interesting because I mean it is true that it is that person's true that it's that person's bias because we all have bias. I'm, I'm here for that part. Occasionally, your bias is a complete lie in order to protect <laughs> yourself. Like so, and I've talked with Jessica about this before, but really, it comes down to a question of modernist versus postmodernist modernist historiography writing. Mm-hmm. So there are several schools on how you write history, not not just the history itself, but like the actual act of how to write history. Mm-hmm. And we are of a generation where actually the tail end of the generations brought up in what's called a modernist historiography, meaning the prime method theory for how to receive history and a modernist historiography construct states that there is a truth and Mm -hmm. not truth and history needs to just put out the truth Mm -hmm. 
More recently, there's been the development of what's called postmodernist historiography, and that's just the title they're giving it for now. I'm sure it will adapt and change over time. Yeah. But what it literally says is there is no one truth. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different truth. And so everybody's stated facts are facts. Mm-hmm. There are different facts for each person, which is very much the school of thought that lawyer and the library come from. And faith very much falls into the modernist historiography construct where there is a truth and that truth needs to be what's recorded in history, not just what anybody thinks. Yeah. Yeah. The problem that that we also get with the modernist thing is like that truth is very black and white and it ignores a lot of things. So you end up being lied to about a lot of stuff in order to make our important historical figures seem like they were actually good people. Yeah, because any in any any particular perspective is inherently subjective, you know. Yes. Like you only have the one lens, and you only see it through that lens. Mm-hmm. But so, in the same token, postmodernist historiography runs into the issue of well, if there is no truth, then what this person says that even though you and I saw it mm-hmm. could be correct. And is worth being documented as possible history. Oh, that would hurt me. I, I'm okay with the concept of there being individual truth, but I think we should also allow for the idea of there, like, there not being necessarily a truth, but we can also point out a lie. But, but I know that those two, those don't, don't mesh. They They're, don't mesh. Yeah. So, <laughs> hence, hence the problem. And so, while. I would personally struggle a lot with lawyer's construct. I definitely see why the librarian likes him. If you adhere to that theory, that thought process of how history should be recorded and should be passed down, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, even lawyer will tell you he is not in the business of giving you the truth. He's in the business of giving you all the options. Yeah. And you kind of have to pick whatever it is you think makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely understand the character of lawyer and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Even if I would probably be with faith and be like, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm there. <laughs> so we discover that faith, the reason faith got kicked out of the library is she found a card with the quote unquote government storyline of an event that she witnessed and says that's not the way it happened and went and crossed out the other history yeah no no in the library so the librarian tells her if she so at first so this is really interesting the way that this is constructed because you don't find that out till like the till she almost is leaving the library Mm -hmm. When he says, if I see you touch a pen, I'm like, oh, is this one of those libraries where you're not, like, allowed to write things down because they don't want the information getting out? Like, is it one of those kind of libraries? Like, she took information and gave it to somebody else because they, you know, probably her police officer friend because they needed it to solve the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why she got kicked out. And then I was like, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> she erased somebody's personal history. She erased somebody's, somebody, some version of history. So in any case, she goes because she is looking for missing children, hoping to find Elliot. And that's when she gets the text message. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Dramatic I, music. I will say this twist I caught before. When did you? And I was it? still like, I caught it when she went to all the vendors and was asking him, like, you didn't notice the kid. No, no, I didn't notice the kid. And I was like, oh, my God, this kid is dead. This kid's dead. And it was mainly because of the con- connection with Sans and what was going on with him and his unicorn. And I was like, oh, my God, this is about ghosts. It's about ghosts. And I was, but I was still like, oh, my God, he is dead. I was still like, oh, no. <laughs> I was me, so pumped at the idea was, of this. Yeah. It was the moment the vendor that she had said, well, maybe he just didn't notice them because he doesn't like children had the picture of a kid on his screen. And I'm like, oh, he notices children. The child child wasn't there. Yeah. Child hasn't been there. Hasn't. Yeah. I just, I will openly note that tomorrow, just constantly blaming the cops for not finding a ghost was probably my favorite thing of the entire 
she knows so much. She, 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 lazy ass yeah, like she knows that Elliot's gone. It's she, yeah. it's not a secret. Like she's not holding out hope that Elliot's still alive or something. Know, it, you yeah. know? She's like, I mean, so what if he's dead? So what? They still yeah. wouldn't be able to find him anyway. <laughs> so lazy bastards. So, so in that in that sense, Faith gets a text message from her police officer that says, um, Elliot succumbed two months ago to the pandemic. Like, he's dead. That's the reason the case is closed. Like, we're not searching for him because he's yeah. not alive. Mm-hmm. And Faith goes, well, guess I don't need the library anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a waste of my time and having to deal with lawyer because I feel guilt about having just walked out with a post-it note after three years of a relationship. I mean, like, I do kind of get where lawyers upset. Like, she took his jacket too, his favorite jacket. No, I thought she took t-shirts. I thought t-shirt. she took okay. t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Two of her Come favorite on. t-shirts. You don't just get new t-shirts in Six City. Right? <laughs> so then we get just a minute of Piper who is looking for her next fix and goes back to the same temptation bar. Is that what they're called? I don't remember right now. I have no idea anymore. (laughs) She goes back to the place. She goes back to the bar where they beat each other up Mm -hmm. and Or I guess, sorry, I skipped ahead of myself. So Faith gets the text message, discovers Elliot's dead. She leaves the library and she goes right over to tomorrow to be like, what? Tomorrow gives her this whole, well, like, I guess, yes, they took, like, his body died, but, like, she's <laughs> not dead. And, I'm, and you're like, I'm <laughs> I'm like, oh god! Oh my god, no! For this one, what do you guys? How did you guys interpret what tomorrow's actual interactions with anything that might be left of Elliot might be? Do you think that she has some other kind of thing with him, or is she just like a distraught person? I think she's in the same boat as Sans. Yeah, I, I think she probably caught. The laughter as well but she didn't die from it mm-hmm. instead she ended up being able to see she gets the eye she gets the eye yes that's the term yeah yeah, yeah so and I, that's what i'm thinking too i think she and sans are in the same boat okay mm-hmm. and i think that for her i think we'll get into i don't want to get into thursday just yet anyway we will get there we will get there. Okay, but Piper, we we are at, we have passed thirty minutes. I don't know if you guys got my message there. Just wanted to put I that did. out there. Yeah, oh, totally. quick. There's just a lot in here. I'm okay with talking about everything. I just I don't want you guys to have too much time yeah. sunken into the evening. Appreciate it. So then, at the <laughs> end of Wednesday, Sans discovers <laughs> that Lucky did not skip out on him. Lucky is dead and has been since Monday. Yeah, that was sad. That was the one. Where realizing that Elliot was dead and then thinking, oh my God, because I knew Elliot had been taken. I yeah. knew he was actually taken. And I was like, oh no, Lucky. Because I was like, no, he's not dead. I like him. Yeah, I, I oh. like Lucky from the beginning. Like when they first introduced him, he, he's going to go deal with some like nice street art and whatnot. He's got a Dragon Ball Z tattoo. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> but the part that got me, because I, for me, it was the realization that Elliot's body hadn't been in that cart. Like she wasn't toting around when tomorrow said that they burned his body to ash. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that means they, that Piper just grabbed his ghost. Cause his ghost was hanging around. And I was like, but she grabbed lucky. She must've just grabbed lucky's ghost. Like she's, she also <laughs> is seeing the dead and is grabbing the ghosts and not their bodies. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Lucky was murdered on a rooftop prior to going to the therapy bar. Which we did hear reference to. 
earlier on. We did? Yeah. We did. Yeah. It, in our story, he got away. In the original portion, right. that he got away and went to the therapy bar <clears throat> when it's first introduced. But so Sans goes through and goes to find, goes to identify Lucky's body, hopes to find the backpack. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it was never, ever going to happen. It's got to be with him. Like, dude, Sans had thousands of dollars in it. Yeah, he's so deep in fever and whatnot. There's no way. So then we kind of like walk away from Sans for a bit and we get into Faith. And Faith wakes up because apparently she's told tomorrow that she's going to make it all better because somehow she's going to return her. (laughs) Okay, I got this now. Now that I understand that it's ghosts. Faith, I was like, mm, no, this is this is the problem. I run into this issue a lot. Like you cannot overpromise clients. Like you yeah. just you you have to know when to tell clients that they're being ridiculous. You, like you under, just underpromise, over deliver. Cool. Not, yes. the reverse. not the reverse. So like you sometimes you have to tell clients, like, no, what you're asking me to do is illegal. I cannot do it for you. Sometimes <laughs> they just look at somebody and go, I can't return a ghost. <laughs> I can't currently see ghosts. If I find out how to see ghosts, I'll work it. But like, but like right, now, right now, I don't think I can see ghosts. I don't know how I'm going to find them. Like, just I would love that actual conversation happening in the audiobook Because the way that the lady reads <laughs> tomorrow would just be like, why not? What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're not even trying. <laughs> like, <laughs> In any case, Faith decides her first stop is to Fred, the Sin Eater, because she's like, I don't, I don't even know. Fred. I don't know what's going on. So she goes and she talks to Fred over noodles. <laughs> and she determines, you know, Fred gives her, Fred tells her, eh, yeah, ghosts are real. Like, it's a thing. But he doesn't really give her much assistance. And I- so she, go ahead. I feel like I did, and I can't remember if it's exactly here or if it's a little later on, but I did feel very sad for Faith, and I almost cried when she explained why it could be ghosts. And I was like, oh, no, honey, no, she lost her family and a young child, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Right? That's why she makes no connections now. Yeah, no, I get it. The post-it note makes sense now. I was like, it makes sense. You can't make connections after a loss like that. Mm -hmm. And her name is Faith! (laughs) (laughs) Faith is going to have to have some faith. Like, well, <laughs> luck is not luck, so... That's fair. Yeah. What, what is Sans without? If, if if we were doing these things with the names here... Sans? Does tomorrow not have any tomorrows? I don't know. Ooh. This is curious. Oh. In any case, we're get, we, we, gotta, we gotta get through it. We're, we're running <laughs> over our time, because we promised Book Club to be 45 minutes, but it's not going to be today. If you, if you guys out there listening right now or watching are deep in this one, just go ahead, crack open another of whatever beverage you decided to drink along with us and at this point in time. We'll give you a second. Pause it and come back. <laughs> so, Faith is like, well, you're not really much help, so I'm going to go back <laughs> to tomorrow and try and get some answers. And tomorrow goes, well, when my parents got sick, and my brother looked like he was going to get sick. I took him to a church. To get his haircut. To get his haircut. Because they were going to, you know, wipe his sins and the sickness out. And it turns out it was the church that Piper works for and Major works for. And yeah. Where uh, Sans gets some of his stuff sometimes. Or Sans gets some of his stuff. So... Faith, not knowing any of this, just knowing that, okay, his hair is there, and Fred said the best way to summon a ghost is with DNA, so guess I'm going to go try and get his hair. Especially hair. She goes to get his hair just as Piper has broken all the codes and gone into Mother Superiors. They just call her Mother, but I'm guessing she's the Mother Superior of the convent. Mm-hmm. Uh broken into her office first thing in the morning and demanded Lucky's Lucky back. Lucky's spirit? 
I guess. At first, I thought it was body, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. His body's at the morgue. So, must be his spirit. She's Mm -hmm. bringing his spirit back. And Mother says, eh, no can do. (laughs) Not not an accommodating lady. Yeah, no. She's not an accommodating lady, and she doesn't like anybody. Uh-uh. Definitely does not does not like her mornings interrupted. Point <laughs> only. Anyway, so mother shoes Piper out as Major comes running in because Faith is at the gate, giving him the what for, and <laughs> just generally making his life hell. I do like that he he picks up on her in a bigger way than I think a lot of other people do. He just keeps referring to her as like the junkie. Oh, Piper, yeah, yeah, oh, Piper, yeah. I'm sorry. The junkie. She's known as the junkie or the medic. Mm-hmm. And then he refers to Faith as the skirt. Yeah. The skirt. <laughs> like, okay. She was wearing like a very colorful skirt at the time. Because I think Sans even comments on the skirt that later on. I don't I listen to anything Sans says about anybody. <laughs> Sans <laughs> a little of character. I think Sans mentioned that he ran into her and something was different because he liked the bright skirt she was wearing or something like that. Mm. And she mentioned she was wearing heels too. Like she dressed up to go get his hair to look more professional is what I was assuming. Oh, I thought when Sans was describing her color of a skirt, that was just because she was getting dressed up to go to the comedy club on a kind of date with, um, Jameis. Hyena. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So, Major goes in and says Faith is demanding to see Mother. Mother lets her in. He says, we couldn't possibly know where it is because we get so many donations of Faith. like, no, 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 look, you're an NGO. You have to catalog <laughs> all the hair samples, which means you definitely know where it is. And Mother's like, I hate you. <laughs> She's like, she came with receipts. <laughs> And this is why you do your research, people. When you go to confront bad guys, you do your research. It's true. You do your research. So Faith then notes that she had that mother has books on vaccinations and some other hinky things, which now I'm getting really concerned about what she's doing with these kidnapped spirits that she's paying Piper for, but I'm sure it will all be discovered. So Faith then tries to, as she's leaving, because Major's not paying attention, she tries to sneak in and find Elliot's hair. She's unsuccessful. She gets kicked out. Then some stuff goes on, but eventually we just end up at the comedy club on Thursday night. And Faith is there with Jameis, and she runs into Sans, who happens to also be at this underground comedy club because... They're pseudo-illegal because it's illegal to laugh in public, but you can still laugh in private. I found that very interesting because I was like, this reminds me of a lot of legislation that was the case regarding what sexual acts could be conducted in the bedroom in the yeah. 60s. Like, so it was very, I'm like, hmm, this is very reminiscent of that time. In any case, uh, Sans gets really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> really chatty. <laughs> chatty and he wants what does he want from faith he oh he wants access to the library mm-hmm. yeah because he wants to find out who his unicorn is yeah because she saw the picture of the unicorn in a mm-hmm. portrait in a portrait in the library so sans wants access to the library and faith says okay but you have to tell me about this church and Sans is like what church i don't know any church and she's like so, really mm-hmm. pony director <laughs> Yeah, like don't give me that. Don't yeah. give. Me- and so finally, he just relents and is like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> in too drunk to fight. I feel like it was like a, it was I'm like a dying. It's like a two second exchange where he's like, "I don't know anything. You know something? Okay, I know something. Okay, I know something." <laughs> I'm having hallucinations. I'm laughing. I'm dying. I got a diamond pass now. I think Song's just like rambled on and said. Yeah, eventually he's just getting dragged through events. <laughs> yeah. He's not choosing anything. No. <laughs> so that's essentially where we leave off at the end of Thursday night with a very drunk Sans. And oh no, then wasn't there a Piper? There was a Piper scene. She goes oh, back to see. stitch up the guys at the at the therapy bar. Mm-hmm. Therapy bar, and she talks to the stormtrooper one. 
Yes. Yeah. Sex for one, and they share a needle to get high. Yeah, and someone is missing that they, that they had mentioned. Like, there's a person who was there normally that's no longer there. Denny. Huh? Denny. Yeah. Denny. Who is another introduced character, but I didn't have enough information on him, so he did not make my chart. Yeah. I thought he, he, it seemed like he was in a romantic relationship with Piper or something. That's why she was I thought he was her drug dealer. That could have been it, too. I, was, I refused I mean, to comment. Is that a is that a romantic relationship, a friendship, or a business relationship? I don't know what you call your drug dealer. So it, it depends on how good their drugs are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at at the end of Thursday. Steven doesn't get to make predictions because Steven knows mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. But Jessica, what do you think is gonna happen? What 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 do you guys think is the most important thing that you've learned? Like the most important change or factoid introduced? Well, ghosts is by far the most important. Definitely ghosts. Okay. Hecate. 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 Who, however you prefer to say Hecate. the goddess Hecate. <laughs> I always thought I feel like that is very, very important because she is the goddess of witchcraft. She's the goddess of crossroads. She's the goddess of medicine. <laughs> like, it's just all the things that deal with pandemics, she should be there. And so I'm trying to think. And then the hair in the glass bottles. I don't know. I probably should have reread the part because it felt like a like ceremony or a ritual type thing. And I was wondering if the hair is what's keeping the ghosts there. But I'm not for sure. Because hair is really, it's one of those things within witchcraft yeah. that like the hair is the soul. So... That's how you make voodoo dolls is you have to have the person's hair in order to make a voodoo Sorry doll. So I'm like, is that the talisman? Sorry. Yeah. I, but, I think it could I be. Know. I don't think Mother Superior intended it at first. I think at first it was the ritual done just for, you know, cleansing of souls. Mm-hmm. And I think she yeah. was like, okay, I need a new revenue stream. And she started looking up and she's like, and we, we got a ghost problem now. That's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to point out that now everybody's seeing ghosts, according yeah. to the news. And I'm like, why? Yeah, the- why is nobody concerned that this is a new symptom? Like, <laughs> there are really interesting background things that are just mentioned kind of in passing when someone's like listening to the radio or someone's having a little conversation. Or as in the lawyer articles at the beginning of each day. Yeah. Like when he talks about the, the boxes. Oh, hey, by the way. Everyone's seeing ghosts. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just clearly a side effect of some some bad meds put into the med boxes. Clearly, clearly. You and on over here. Clearly. So i I think Mother Superior is harvesting the ghosts for vaccine development. Okay. Basically, using the dead to vaccinate somehow. In a way. <laughs> Not sure how this is going to work, but I think that's what she's trying to do. And I think Piper actually did catch the laughter. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was really removed. And instead of going to the quarantining like she's supposed to, she just fell off the wagon and kind of like went went underground. Mm-hmm. Is I think what happened. I'll stay alive with drugs. Could just... But in any case, okay, so footnote time. Yeah, you said that one of the most important things that you thought would apply to the future was the Hecate. Yes. Hecate is a Greek goddess. She's known as the triple goddess, the goddess of crossroads, which I will have you know, I have, let's see here, I have four different mythology books, <laughs> Greek mythology books. Her mentioning in all four books, like, like it's just it's very small. Milch. It's very small, very small. And I couldn't even, and I still, and because like the books failed me, I did not get as much internet research time as I thought I would. But, um, a library card. Oh, well, I do have a library card. It's just that the libraries aren't currently open because we're not <laughs> open. And I don't have no time to go to the library to research this. You I finished reading this book last night. <laughs> you need to go to the special library. That's the one. I, know, I need the, the special best. library. I do. I need to go find the stall in the back of that wank-ass bar. And just... 
imagine building a secret. I know. <laughs> but so, and of course, with like all sorts of goddesses and gods, you kind of sort of get, they have different origins. But from what I understand, what people kind of sort of agree with, she's pretty much Greek. May have been a little bit older than that. May have been based off of an Egyptian goddess that has the same witch powers as her. Um, but her most important things is that she was associated with the moon and she was associated with the dead and graveyards and crossroads and witchcraft as well, as well as childbirth. Because if you're a goddess, you have to also somehow be associated with childbirth. Yeah, because just you're a lady. Yeah, and you're a lady. That's it. Most importantly, her childbirth role, though, was like if you were having really bad birthing pains, you would ask for her help and she would be like, ease it on there. But like, what a homie, though. I know, right? I was like, hey, oh that's so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was literally like, I was the one who eased childbirth pains. I was like, this Yay! Is a girl goddess. This also, is great. Which is also not where I thought that was going. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's see. Um, when it comes to the underworld, she was kind of sort of known as that goddess that would help spirits get to where they needed to go. She was also considered the goddess of keys, which kind of sort of goes with the pathways and the crossroads. So she held the key to Tartarus so she could take the bad souls into Tartarus and so on. And uh-huh. as well. So she was referenced as a goddess of both like heaven and hell in a way. And, um, people would give sacrifices and offerings to her at three point crossroads. Um, she was at first early on considered just one goddess, but because she had so many representations, she became three goddesses that would stand sort of in like a triangle pose. One held a torch, which was the moonlight or something like that. One, a serpent, which dealt with like the medicine thing. And then one held a knife, which I think dealt with like child labor and midwifery at the time. And then eventually she became the three headed goddess as well. So there's a lot of different, interpretations of her um one of the biggest things about her that i think is more important is that she was considered the goddess of plants and medicine and toxins so i feel like that is an important thing i mean this is where you also get into modern witchcraft too Mm -hmm. because it's still mentioned in modern witchcraft as being a deity for them and um And, like, if I could reference her within any big Greek mythology that people might possibly know, if you know the story of Medea, she was... She has a lot of stories. Yeah, she is in a lot of stories. She gets into a lot of adventures. I know. She gets into a lot of adventures, but her big one is the Golden Fleece with Jason, and then she has her own Medea, um, which happens after and ends in tragedy, as it usually does for Greek heroines, unfortunately. But, um heroin but um yeah. <laughs> just so you know big quotes on that but medea was considered i believe she was a priestess of hecate hecate taught medea how to do witchcraft which was why medea was able to help jason get the golden fleece and also why medea was able to like go crazy and kill her children and all that stuff but um like you do um, in mythology that's like you do in mythology you just yeah. You get pissed and you, you know, poison your husband Hercules because he's not looking at you anymore. And just, it's just what you do. I should have stayed with Jason and the Argonauts. I know. Do you blame her for the whole Hercules thing? Listen, I, Hercules just hasn't been the same since they moved his letters around and he stopped being Heracles. Yeah, to be fair, which I can't even remember her name because it wasn't, or was it Megara that did it? I can't remember, but it might have been Megara that was the one that poisoned Hercules. But she was tricked because I think somebody gave her, like, she thought it would just irritate him. And then it ended up being like, oh, no, you poisoned his cloak. He's dead now. <laughs> like, like, oh, wow. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he cheated on you. Medea, by the way, goes crazy for about the same thing. Medea. I do believe was struck with Cupid's bow arrow. So she doesn't really have a choice in liking Jason or not, uh, which is usually the downfall of all heroines is whether or not Aries sticks his arrow in you or not. So, or arrow, sorry, arrows or Cupid as he's better known, but mm. yeah, don't, don't fall in love. That's if you're a girl, don't fall in love. It's, it's going to be bad. for you. 
That's Greek mythology. For Greek mythology. But you know, in all fairness, this can apply in, in normal life too. You don't have to share your assets with anybody if you don't do it. Sure, there are downsides for other things, but you know what? You're safe that way. It's, 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 it's Medea, Dido, Megara, like all of them. Just boom, get struck with an arrow. Maybe die. that's about it. Let your history be written exclusively by men. Yeah, that too. Yeah, make sure it's not written exclusively by men. Make sure men are the one telling the myths. Maybe about that going freaking insane. Yeah. Also very fair. Yeah. Because, like, you know, fall in love. Maybe the the takeaway is have some different voices producing your history and mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you end up with like Zeus becoming a goose to go have sex with people, and people are fucking into it. That's (laughs) weird. That's weird, guys. It's literally women in Greek mythology is either going insane and killing your husband or your children, or going insane because your husband's cheating on you and killing yourself or just randomly getting kidnapped all the time or getting raped by Zeus as an animal. Like it's just yeah. one or the other. Like there's no way. If this, but, if this was really the situation, I feel like there should have been a lot of people in like Xena as a show. Anytime there's any animal that follows anyone for more than like maybe 15 <laughs> seconds, side eye the shit out of it and then just maybe kill it. Cause it's probably Zeus and he's trying to have sex with you. Like, oh. Not okay. Or if it's not Zeus, it's Poseidon. So like, yeah, um, everybody gets so upset with how much I dislike geese when I go for runs. But this is <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> we sh- we should do a group playthrough. This is a time a thing for another time. But I have a video game for you guys. Oh God. Okay. All right. We'll do it one it day. Is- but anyway, Hecate, by the way, <laughs> goddess of witchcraft, medicine, and also the goddess of sort of the keys to different realms, which mm-hmm. I feel like is where you're getting the connection between the ghosts and the living blending together. So I do think her symbol is very important, which the symbol is considered Hecate's wheel. And it's just considering that journey and the circle and the inner nature and kind of going through the maze of life in a way is what the symbol mm-hmm. sort of represents. So what you're telling me is yeah. this book is because Hecate left a door open and she's letting yeah. all the DC out. It could be. It really could be that. She she left a door open while going to get a cigarette from Van Hunks. Yeah. Either that or like people are wearing her tattoo and enough of them are wearing t- her tattoo that she's like, all right, I guess I'll do things for you people. Look, here's your dead brother. I'm just... <laughs> you be happy, girl. You're alone. Here you go. Maybe that's what it is. I'm just going to shower your dead loved ones on you. Yeah, that's so, not creepy at all. <laughs> and she did, and I, I did find on the internet that she is considered strongly associated with ghosts. So there's another thing. She's also associated with dogs, not hyenas, unfortunately, but dogs was one of her animals. There you go. Okay. So that's like just a quick Hikate. If you want to know more, do a quick Google search. Don't look in your mythology books. <laughs> they don't give a crap to mention. <laughs> her she's also apparently confused with diane or Celine, the goddess of the moon and persephone which i was like how is she confused with persephone that one threw me off but that's what it said in the dictionary one and then it said it in another one and i was like but they don't have maybe they mean like a, like a visual representation sense or something well maybe yeah. it's because there's a connection I... to the underworld and persephone i feel and like the underworld yeah, well, it's the connection to the underworld. The only thing is, like, they have... I mean, she's not connected to the spring at all, which is Persephone. Persephone brings the spring. I feel like what it actually is is maybe when she was considered the three goddesses that she was probably often shadowed by Persephone and Diane. I feel like they were often... Or Celine. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they were often together, and they made the dark or night goddesses or underworld goddesses, in a way. A little triumvirate. Yeah, it's just all right. It's all interpretations. It's all fun. Mm-hmm. So that, dear listener, watcher, fellow book club member, is the second episode of Down Days. And our very yeah. I keep trying this cover off because like it's just there's so much to it. It's so pretty. It is so pretty. <clears throat> 
So Jessica, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey writes. Stephen, where can people find you? You can find me across all social media as Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for short. And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media. You can hit Jessica up for some new bookmarks in case you <laughs> are at a loss for that. Oh. Our Facebook page is forward slash Geek Elite Media. And you can find archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts, including our latest new podcasts from Geek Elite Media at geekelitemedia.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this mm-hmm. podcast so that hopefully more people can join our book club. We'd love to have a book club across the country. And if you are interested in supporting us and all of our endeavors, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, we are putting up extra episodes of different podcasts and shorts and all sorts of good things. But until next time, this is The Love of Pages, reminding you to keep turning pages and always remember to geek out. Geek out. <laughs>